Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing Pretty right. good. Yeah, still a little sick, but hopefully by the time this episode actually comes out, I will be right as right <laughs> again. There we yeah. go. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not feeling too sick. I, I'm not feeling sick at all, to be honest, but I was just like, I thought I would have, I would drink, have some drinks this weekend, but this weekend was just throwing things at me to keep me from drinking, which is probably not <laughs> the worst thing in the world. Like on <laughs> Friday, I ended up doing some Q&A for some movie that I got like hired to do like last minute. It was just like very surprising. They were just like, we need you to do this. And they asked me at like noon. And I'm like, Friday is my drinking day. You know you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, for, but for some extra money, why not? Why not? Um, and then yesterday I went and got my wedding suit, so that was that was nice. Although could not agree on a tie, so if you're coming to my wedding and you're listening to this, be the, you'll be there for the big surprise on what tie I wear, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's talking about Christine. I like Christine. Uh, I like it a lot better. Than I like Cujo, that's for sure. Um, mm. I don't know, Christine just, by and large, is a better made movie. It's far more interesting in a whole lot of levels, like plot, characters. Even the visuals I find in Christine are just phenomenal. Even to this day, they hold up so well. I, um, I have to say it's because of Carpenter, though. Yes, 100%. I mean, Carpenter, at this point, would have been a lot more established in his career than mm-hmm. he would have when he started like with Hall- Excuse me, Halloween. So, yeah. And I mean, it was very much a separation from the cast that he'd worked with before. Um, I, I, I mean, as far as like production wise, uh, it's uh, I think it's Donald Morgan that did this one. So he did he he did Elvis uh, with Carpenter. So Carpenter is going back to a more uh, original stance from his filmmaking standpoint. And um, kind of separating himself with from how he made horror films, other than that they filmed this in Pasadena, which which is where they did Halloween, I believe. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean that was that that was the connective tissue, but I mean, and it's also Carpenter doing like two masters of horror combining. Yeah. For this, mm-hmm. you've got Stephen King with the original source material, and then you have. Um, John Carpenter's eye on this and I mean all of them come through with every single shot of the Plymouth Fury it's so Carpenter in those shots especially when the, when the Fury is supposed to look monstrous you know oh I loved that too that was so mm-hmm. well done mm-hmm. yeah um, 
But what is Christine even about? Well, a nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own, and his nature starts to change to reflect it. Yeah. Ar- Army? Arnie? I think his name is. He mm-hmm. goes from being a nice boy to being a bad boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, of course, in every 80s movie had to be reflected in him having a leather jacket. Yeah. That's how you know he's turned bad. And I will automatically uh, immediately say like no one is very good in this movie. <laughs> as far as like performance wise, I mean, because Keith Gordon, I think, believe I believe he went on to become a screenwriter. Uh, okay. John Stockwell becomes a director later. Um, yeah. I does like films like Blue Crush and and stuff like that. Or was it Blue Crush or was it um, the the Into the Blue the the Paul Walker. Um, mm. Paul Walker and Jessica Alba movie. Mm-hmm. There, there was an ocean movie that John Stockwell did. Um, and then Alexandra Paul was biggest claim to fame is Baywatch. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, none of these stars become huge at all. Um, but where the film exe- it excels is its look and the execution of the story, which is actually really entertaining for a movie about a, a possessed car. Yeah. Um, it never feels like ridiculous. No. Mm-hmm. Although I should say too, this is the second Keith Gordon movie we've covered on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Dressed in yep. and the other. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. I just the lighting in this movie, along with like a lot of the visuals and the special effects and all that stuff, like, I don't know, just really makes this movie a cut above for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I've seen some people give some like very averaging scores to this. And I, I personally, I think it's a little bit better than that. Just, I don't know. Visually, it's just very interesting. Yeah. I think the acting does get a little over the top, especially like Keith Gordon near the end. It's like, Oh man, you're just really chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, still, and I think like, if you look at this cast, there isn't a whole lot of recognizable actors. I think there's even, no. we have an email about this, but yeah, I think like Harry Dean Stanton's the only real recognizable yeah. name in this. And he would have only, I mean, aliens or aliens. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, um, he's also doing some of that scenery chewing. Yes, like he's he's so good. Uh, Robert Prosky also, I, I would I would say that because uh, he's been in a shitload of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's something about and and it's something that I grasp onto really quickly is I I love Harry Dean, love 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 Harry Dean, and like yeah, this was eighty. You said eighty three. Yeah. Um. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, he was already well established by this point. Repo Man would be the next year. Yeah. Well, the year after this is Repo Man and Paris, Texas, which are like huge, huge deals. But I mean, Escape from New York, two years before this, mm-hmm. um, which I and I I love Brain in that movie. Like he's one of the characters I absolutely love. Uh, Private Benjamin, nineteen eighty, um, like and yeah, The Rose and Alien were in the same year. Um. Yeah, a straight time, which is a just completely underrated Dustin Hoffman film. Um, that he's also really good. So yeah, uh, um, yeah, because everything else before that is kind of small. Like he was a he was an FBI man in 
Godfather Part Two. He wasn't even like fully built character by that point. And well, that's 1974. I'm gonna just call it Letterbox, which normally I love, but they put his most popular movie as The Avengers. Oh, okay, that's weird. He's yeah, a security right? guard. He's, yeah. He has okay. I th- that's probably just box office numbers. That's, well, I'm guessing it must be like the most popular movie on Letterbox that he was in, but I wouldn't say it's like the most popular movie no. of his. No, it's just so weird. I'm like, what the that's fuck? So yeah, I I mean, Repo Man, fucking Pretty in Pink. Yeah, <laughs> like he's so pivotal in that movie. Yeah. I mean, I would say even Alien, at least, like, yeah. he has a bigger role in Alien that he doesn't... Absolutely. ...than Godfather 2 or that he does in Avengers, but... All right. Anyways, that's enough calling out Letterbox for one day. Normally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, when was the first time we watched Christine? Um, oh. In the 90s. Again, part of my Stephen King's uh, book-to-screen... Um, marathoning of films. I don't know exactly when, but I know I saw it on VHS in the 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is one of the Stephen King movies I had not actually seen until now, and I regret it because I, for some reason, I'm just not a car person. I was just like, meh, cars, meh, whatever. But like, it's so much more than that, and I made a big mistake. Um, I, I do feel like this movie's like kind of being a little condescending towards car people if anything because it's like mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. fucking like the scar man like it almost seems to be judging the character for it i don't know i was yeah gonna, i had the that thought while i was watch, re-watching i'm like is this movie kind of hate on car people because it kind of feels like in some ways it is um which is mm-hmm. kind of funny but this this movie felt like it was created by a parent in quotation marks like There are some themes and some dialogue that are really like, oh, I guess being a car car guy and listening to rock and roll is bad and like all that kind of stuff, Uh, especially right at the end where I think the character Lee or whatever turns to the guy and is like, I hate rock and roll. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is a little bit stereotypical of like a a finger-wagging parent in in a little mm-hmm. bit of a way. There was kind of that undertone to some of it that I, yeah, I totally agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, my first time. Yeah, I, I think I'm relatively in the same boat as you, Steve. Like, I watched it on VHS in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. rented it from a video rental store. Probably was way too young to be watching it, but... <laughs> And honestly, I think a little too young to even appreciate it, too, because I think the first time I watched it, I probably was like, eh. But mm-hmm. rewatching it now, my God, there's just so much going on in this. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, We have a few emails for this. Uh, Bradley says, I watched this with my 13-year-old son in preparation for this episode. He thought the stuff with the car was CGI. He was surprised when I told him it was practical. And uh, mm. reverse practical, too. Yeah. There's some really cool camera in camera effects that are done in this one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, and like sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say I'm like it like some of these effects are really impressive honestly. I could see how someone may be fooled into thinking that they're CGI. Um mm-hmm. but Parma is also like I know the, how the CGI would have looked like back then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man, yeah. When when Christine gets those fangs at the end after 
like ramming into shit and like getting destroyed and then it mm. looks like she's got this like toothy mouth that i really liked that that was yeah, this yeah. movie had that kind of like i don't want to call it camp but it was like it was fun in that way you know mm-hmm. um and, and you could tell especially with the car and the little details and things like that they were just like oh this car is possessed on the live all right we're just gonna run with that and it mm-hmm. it really pays off i think <laughs> yeah Uh, and then Dennis is a little upset with us. He says, where is my maximum overdrive and Christine double feature? Come on. Stephen King and killer vehicles. Uh, sigh. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Bye. you can blame Kurt for all of that. I had yeah. nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. Why are we taking the blame on this? One? Um, Dennis, I'm sorry, but uh, maximum overdrive is not a great movie. So. <laughs> oh, now you're starting real fights here. Yeah. We, I mean, we, I, I will say I do love ranting about a shitty movie every now and then, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of this podcast is that sometimes we watch movies that are revered and we're like, why do people revere this so much? This movie sucks. And sometimes we watch movies that maybe some people sleep on and we say, ah, oh, that movie is actually great. <laughs> I just think Maximum Overdrive, there's not a lot going on for it. Maybe mm-hmm. one day we'll do Maximum Overdrive. But... <laughs> The 1983 Stephen King double feature made slightly more sense. But I do see where yep. you're going, coming at with the Stephen King killer vehicles. That's that's a solid double feature, too. Yep. Uh, and then Jenny says, was Harry Dean Stanton the only quote-unquote known actor, at least at the time, casting this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe well, Robert could, Prosky. But, yeah, I was going to yeah. say Robert Prosky would be probably the other one. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I can't think of too many else. Was John Stockwell? No, I don't no. think so. No. I know he was in Top Gun, but that would have been afterwards. That's after. That was because that's eighty-five. Yeah, and John Stockwell was never really a big actor, anyways. Like, nope. Nope. I think the biggest things he were in was Christine and uh, Top Gun. I mean. You could say Nixon, 95, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little bit of an unsung uh, Oliver Stone movie. But Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Best line in this movie. Ooh. Oh, man. There was, I don't remember the full quote, but the, the guy who runs the, the shop, the mechanics place, he says something at some point like, you could have poured cold water down his throat and he'd piss ice cubes. Mm-hmm. He, he had some pretty good, uh, funny, sassy lines like that that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... This movie doesn't have like a lot of memorable like one-liners or quotes, uh, but there is the one where, like, Artie says, whoa, whoa, you better watch what you say about my car. Mm-hmm. She's real mm-hmm. sensitive. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that connective tissue, that 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 psychic, evil connective tissue stuff, right? Yeah. So, it's like stuff like that, too, that kind of sells you on Arnie's obviously not right in the head, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... One of the high school girls at one point says TTFN instead of Tata for now. And I was like, oh, wow, she's really ahead of her time there with her texting lingo. <laughs> she would have really just lost her shit if she had MSN Messenger. Oh, she would have been all over that shit. Mm-hmm. Right? 
changing her status, putting crazy acronyms up in there. Yeah. Yeah. I love how there's probably like 50% of our audience probably doesn't even know what MSM Messenger is, and that's the real true crime. Ugh. I, I I really like when Arnie's trying to start the car and it won't start, and then he's like, everything is the same, like, start, and then it the the radio comes on. And they mm. start. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I like that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that scene, too, because that was almost like, he, I feel like he always kind of knew that something mm-hmm. was going on, but that mm-hmm. it was like his confirmation. That was like, okay, exactly. She she's alive and she loves me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the love of his life. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, best kill. There's actually better kills in this than there was mm-hmm. in Jojo. Oh, for by sure. A, for by sure. a long mile. Um, Buddy? Yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the gas station exploding was so overkill to me that I kind of loved it. Like, it really mm-hmm. kind of fit in with this movie a little bit. Um, and yeah, the flaming car chasing chasing the bully down on the road was yeah. just that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> Again, it's just that that aesthetic that that John Carpenter aesthetic. Um, and that scene, I thought about the Batman. Yeah. Ah. The yeah. Frankenstein scene in the Batman mm-hmm. with with the with the reveal of the Batmobile. I really kept thinking about that scene. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, Matt Reeves had to have been thinking about Christine a little bit when he was making that shot, <laughs> for sure. I did think that Buddy was played by John Travolta, and I was literally like, uh-huh. <laughs> this guy looks like either John Travolta or John Travolta late. Um, well, okay. I, I think it's because when it comes to Christine, I think especially with how Arnie's treated, mm-hmm. you have correlations to Carrie. Yeah, I think we're always because I feel like Christine and Carrie are movies that very that move in very similar patterns. Of course, they were uh, tackled differently between De Palma and 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 Carpenter, but they're both um very synonymous in their own ways. And but I think that there is kind of like a connecting line between the two films. Mm -hmm. Mm. And Stephen King really likes his C names too: Cujo, Carrie, Christine. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about it. I mean, I will also say too, Arnie's death is also pretty good too in this. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so too. Yeah, especially impaled with a shard of glass. It's like, oh. mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, mm-hmm. I'll be honest too. I think I think even though it's maybe not as exciting as the guy getting lit on fire, I think Arnie just had it coming just for how obnoxious he had been through like majority yeah. of the movie. So, yeah. Like I was, man, I I was oh, rooting for that death. <laughs> yeah. I, I do still feel so, like, kind of bad for him, though, because, like, at the beginning of the movie, he is just, like, he's lonely, you know, and he, he's he's looking for a lady, and he's just not, he's not finding it, maybe due to his own insecurities a little bit, too, but, like, at the end of the movie, you're just kind of like, man, he, the only woman he was able to really get was a car, and, and she turned out to be a psycho, so just poor Arnie, you know? <laughs> Good thing uh, yeah. Tinder was not a thing when Arnie was around. Great. It would just all be pictures of him in the car. Yeah. And and then anyone who was like, do you have any pictures without your car? He'd be like, don't you fucking talk about my car like that. <laughs> yeah, no fucking dare you. <laughs> me, car, you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. And then dumbest decision in this movie. I mean. I mean, Arnie makes so many. Yeah. yeah. 
but I it, it could be construed that he wasn't really in control. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, like, anytime anybody beat the crap out of Christine or, yeah. like, <laughs> destroyed her, it was like, well, that's not going to yeah. end well for you. Nope. Yeah. I think letting, letting a 30-year-old man go to high school and bully other people is probably not a good idea, too. Uh, they That actor who played... I, I can't remember again the that bully's name, the head bully. He looked like he should have graduated high school two decades earlier. <laughs> yeah. What was it, Buddy, the guy that got caught on flyer, fire? Yeah, yeah, Buddy, Buddy, Buddy. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, also, Buddy, if you're running from something that's chasing you straight on, just go to the side. Run to the side. Just I know that maybe the car it's a car, so it could have chased you anyways, but mm-hmm. try it out, you know? <laughs> Here's the weird thing, too. I'm looking at the actor that played that character, and nowadays he kind of looks like John Travolta a little bit. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, he kind of also reminded me of um, Boy Meets World. Mr. Turner. I think that's mm. his name. The, yeah. the, 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 the floofy-haired teacher. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think it's time to score this. What do we, what do we give Christine? Uh, this is an eight for me. I love what Carpenter does with this one. It is the lone Carpenter um, Stephen King adaptation. Um, there's just something substantial about two masters of horrors in their own mediums combining. Um, and this was at a time where Stephen King was the ultimate hotness in 1983. So this was a big deal for this movie to come out. Um, and I mean... Like 40 years later, it still holds up, which is another testament to how well that uh, Carpenter had executed movies. So, yeah, no brainer, eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also, I'm also going with an eight. I will say my one kind of kind of criticism about this movie is how kind of boring I found the like stock characters, like the best friend and the the best friend's love interest and kind of them. I, uh, I, meh, I didn't really care about them so much. I was more focused on Arnie and his revenge and all the, all the people trying to take him down and shit. Um, but other than that, like, uh, yeah, I also, I really enjoyed this movie. I really loved the characterization of this crazy car being possessed and coming to life and falling in love with a human and, and that whole thing, like the whole concept is great. And I feel like they executed it with the perfect atmosphere. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go eight solid eight for this for sure. Cool. I'm actually going to give this a nine. I thought like the visuals in this were really good. The effects were great. I don't know. Even some of the performances in the plot I found to be very interesting. Um, some of it gets to be a little overkill, but I think, you know, given the time and given, you know, the type of movie, I'm like, I can kind of excuse this a little bit. So, yeah, I'll give it a nine. I think this is a really good uh, John Carpenter movie. I I really liked, too. It, it kind of made me laugh when the movie first comes on. And it's John Carpenter's Christine. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah. it's a Stephen King. I have always known Christine as a Stephen King thing, you know? It's mm-hmm. all Stephen King. And it just made me giggle a little bit when it was like, oh, no, this is John Carpenter's Christine. Although after watching the whole movie, that almost kind of adds to the campiness of it. And I kind of like it a little bit. So it yeah, it was just a random tangent, but it made me laugh. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, well, Steve, where can people find you in the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, Threads at the Steve Will Dead. Uh, my website stevestepping.ca. Uh, you can find me every week. Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time on The Shift with Shane Hewitt, and that show is across Canada, so check your local uh, Chorus Entertainment Radio Network listings to find where you can find that show. Um, I'm also on uh, After the Credits with Marina, Bill, and Melissa. That show is monthly. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Cool. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mostly on Instagram under the username Techronomicon. I normally post updates or uh, post about when episodes go up. I am also planning on some point getting back into streaming, so you can follow me on Twitch under also under Techronomicon. Um, I have a blog where if I do anything else online, I'll post about it, circeanic.home.blog, and I'm also on Letterboxd where I upload... Uh, or update scores for the movies we watch on the podcast under the username Circeanic. Cool. Uh, yeah, over at threeingreenheroes.com, where I was every other day, got a new contact going up. And then also, too, you can find me on that hashtag show, where I got articles going up semi-regularly. Right now, we're in the middle of Fridathon, which is like annual uh marathon of uh, horror writing content so check that out there's a lot of cool stuff from different writers including myself i've so far written one article on why the monster squad is the greatest gateway horror movie ever uh, but i got a few more coming so check those out especially if you like horror stuff and then uh yeah i'm on twitter film credit kurt fatal koala on letterbox and uh yeah until next time, everybody. Bye for now. All right. I don't.